My name is Angela. My name is Pam. And my name is Edwin. And you're listening to Dungeons, Dinings, and Dorks. This is uh, episode eight now. I can't believe we're already at episode eight. So if you if you're still listening to us, we have our gratitude. <laughs> A lot of gratitude. We're we're excited that we've made it thus far. Like this is around the time where I guess most new uh, new podcasters hit their slump and they're like, "Why are we even doing this?" I think I think we cover like two of our most passionate things, which is D and D and food. Who doesn't like food? I like food. So I. So does this actually mean that we haven't pod faded yet? We have not. Pod we will never yet. pod fade. We will <laughs> never, <laughs> never give in, never surrender. Exactly. We have not railed. Uh, there so may come a day where the jokes are no longer funny, <laughs> where the talk is no longer conversational and awesome. But today is not that day. See now, we, now we can make the jokes. very passionate today. So from here on out, every time we do something, <laughs> something stupid, right? Which is, I guess it's rare. I don't know. Maybe it's not. But we can always make the joke now. We're not pod fading, or we're, we're pod fading. We are not pod fighting. Okay. Pod fighting? No, pod fading. <laughs> pod fighting. <laughs> that that would be. That's two thirds <laughs> Asians right there. Probably get it. <laughs> fighting. <laughs> okay. So, um, there's been stuff going on. Uh, I know this is going to be kind of old news by the time this gets out. Uh, but Edwin, you had some thoughts about things that are, oh that have been happening. Yeah. You don't, well, you you don't know look what? happy First today. of all, well, here's the thing. First of all, I am enjoying my Milo Nutrop straight from the Philippines. Thank you very much. He's, <laughs> he's thirsty mm. and it's uh, it's getting chilly here i think i thank my um my uh, second cousin jillian for this because she sent me a crap ton of this stuff and so start drinking. drinking this just drink uh, drink, drink. Yeah. It's, it's especially nice cannot um, get this in the u.s and it's it's actually good timing too because we just experienced our first snowfall oh my gosh it got so Minnesota. cold today oh it dropped <laughs> 30 yeah. what was it 36 right on my on in the car yeah it's yeah it was 36 yeah. when so i got here and it, it was started snowing it, it was windy and it started snowing and it's not if it's not even halloween yet it reminds uh, me of that wonderful blizzard <laughs> the infamous 1991 halloween blizzard speaking of blizzards edwin <laughs> Nice. Nice. All right. Let's talk about Blizzard here just for a second, okay? Because, okay, um, I started playing WoW for like the fourth time, and mainly because both of my brothers and several of, of their friends and um, people who are... Pretty much, it's a family guild. For is those we that made it. for those that don't know, WoW is World of, War- of oh, Warcraft. Oh yeah, sorry, World of Warcraft. For those yeah. of you who don't know, World of Warcraft. Okay. Um, MMO, probably the most popular MMO. I think it still is. In, is it still? Yeah. Probably. It still is right. Made by Blizzard, based on the, one of their first games, Warcraft. And Warcraft, and they made Warcraft 2, Warcraft 3, but those, between the 1990s. Those were mostly strategy. 
Yeah, the real time strategy games. This so, anyways, is, so yeah, so they basically took that world and made it yeah. into an MMORPG game. So yeah, so I started playing World of Warcraft with my brothers, and we basically said, okay, we're gonna start at level level one, which was good for me because I have to deal with my brothers telling me go level up faster when they're like they're already like level one hundred. So, anyways, it's, it's hard to play with. It's hard to play with my brother sometimes yeah. when they're like level one hundred. I'm sitting here like grinding through like level ten, and, and they're, they're like, "Why can't you? Me. Why can't you right? get to one, level one hundred? Anyway, and they they're telling me like they're telling me like just use your 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 level ninety token or whatever. And I was like, I don't want to do that. You know, I'm a. I guess you can call me a completist all you want. Anyways, Blizzard. Uh, got into the news in not so very good ways, uh, according to the internet. Um, so they have this other game called Hearthstone, and the Grandmaster Champions um, happened, and the person who won it, uh, by the name of, I get his name here, um, Chung. Chung? Chung? Chung. I don't, I don't know. I'm not Chung. even going to try to pronounce it because oh I, I know all... Blitz Chung. His name is Blitz Chung. Ng Y Blitz Chung Chung. And he won $10,000 or he was going to win $10,000 from Blizzard as becoming the Grandmaster of Hearthstone. Well, here's the thing. If... People have been avoiding the news lately. Um, we all, um, what's happening in Hong Kong right now is there's a bunch of protests happening because of political things. This is not a political podcast, okay? So I'm gonna try to make it. Yeah, we're we're non-political. not non-political. We're not delving into so what's. We're not gonna delve delve into that. If you want to yeah, find out that whole thing, just Google Hong Kong protests in your Google. Check your reputable uh, duck, duck, news go, sources. Whatever. Yeah. So, anyways, so what happened was that he said something during an interview um, that got Blizzard's red flags going up, and as a result of what he said, he got himself. Banned from Hearthstone for 12 months in the esports of Hearthstone. And he got in Blizzard, took away his winnings, his $10,000. They rescinded it back. Um, now, my first initial impression of this is a what are you doing? It's like Blizzard is bending to the knee of China, right? But they had a, they had a uh, um, little snippet there in their terms of their agreement to uh, for for the for this tournament, saying that you can't do anything political or something that's demeaning to to Blizzard, right? Like you can't be political, you can't do anything that would harm Blizzard. Now here's the thing: China is twelve percent of Blizzard's. Uh, 12% of Blizzard's, um, um... Users? Gamers? Gamers, right? Okay. And so, versus, like, the United States, which is bigger. But right, it's not right, right. that. 
it's the fact that China, it's the value of China, future value of China is what they're, I guess, what they're protecting. Okay. And I don't know, like, everybody in the internet is going nuts about this to the point where um, people are leaving Blizzard. Yeah, we're, we're not going to, and, to voice our personal yeah. opinions about the politics of the matter. No. Because this is it's, not that yeah, kind of show. I'm not going to voice the, my, my, my views on that whole thing, but it's something that I try to deep dive into these sort of things because I want to understand what both sides are. Mm-hmm. And yes, there was a term of service on Blizzard's part saying you can't do these A, B, and C. He went and did A, B, and C. So do what you will. What's the, what is the, um, you know, anything that you sign up for, anything that you, you, you go into, there is a terms of service, there's rules in the, into it. He broke those rules, right? But in my, I mean, in some people's mouths, it does have a bad taste of what's happening, right? Mm-hmm, right. In other people's mouths, well... You know, that's the so, rules. Yeah, right? so there's there's so, different points, but, but it's, anyway. it's it's a big deal. <laughs> I know it's yeah. going to be late news by the time this gets posted. But, Probably. But, yeah. You know, but, and then there's other there's other companies that's getting getting really riled up into this. Is One of them is Apple. Yeah. Right? Apple is, you know, people are, are saying that Apple is bending the knee to China. And be, the NBA almost bent to the new China. Game of Thrones reference. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. So, I don't know. To me, I've got my opinions. I won't state it on this, but maybe I will in my at Twin Cities Edwin. T Cities Edwin. T Cities Edwin on yes. my Twitter account. Edwin, so. we will never find you in Twitter. I, you're never going to find me. At T Cities Edwin. Or you can email us. Cities Edwin. You can email us um, dungeontiners at gmail.com if you'd like to ask him directly what he thinks. Yeah. But, you know, I like to keep my I like to keep my views, you know, somewhat neutral until I find out exactly what the whole story is. But it, it's quite disheartening that he <clears throat> lost lost his winnings. It is. It is. Because of that. It, yeah. That is just very He did upsetting. say he did say in the in the interview that he doesn't regret regret doing it. He doesn't regret doing it, but he does. I mean, he's he is. Uh, he doesn't agree with what Blizzard did, but he doesn't regret what he did. In terms mm. of what what happened, Blizzard did cut ties with the two interviewers um, during this whole thing. Um, they're no longer they're no longer associating with them. So there's there's a thing, but, but that's interesting. Yeah. So, anyways, that was my little. Thing. And it's kind of funny because my brothers were just, we, I just got off the phone with my brothers. Like, why aren't you on? Why aren't you on? You know, it's like, you haven't been on. I'm like, I thought we were pointing, I thought we were boycotting closer. <laughs> it's called life. It's called life. Yeah, it just gets in the way. Edwin does like to tease his brothers. I do like to tease my brothers. Okay. You know, um, I love you guys, right? Right? Okay. Let's <laughs> uh, draw our attention to any of the matter. Speaking of drawing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I have been <laughs> drawing quite a bit since it's October. It is also Inktober, uh, that time of year where uh, you find a challenge list for every day 
of the month of October where if you're artistically inclined or just want to try your hand at it, you are challenged to draw one ink drawing every day and uh, encouraged to follow the prompts. It's just kind of to fuel the creativity. I got a late start and I've missed a couple of days since I started. I think started, you made up. I, I think you made up, right? No, I'm, I'm, I'm still catching up and I've missed a couple of days. But yeah, good grief. If you, if you are into, into art... Go check, go check out um, on Twitter and other social media pla- places. Um, check out hashtag Inktober, hashtag Inktober 2019. Um, you are sure to find some fantastic stuff. You might even come across one or two of mine. But Have you come across any that are like terrible? I, I don't, I don't want to say that. Hey, but... the, the efforts... The efforts are valid. Because I have, I've always been like, oh, I'm going to try Inktober. I'm no artist, by the way. I'm strictly yeah, uh, no. a <laughs> stick is, figure. My thing is, you know, the skill level skill level does not matter in Inktober. It's the spirit of Inktober. You're doing your best. You're trying every day. And by trying every day, you will improve your skills because, you know, you're getting practice. And as long as you're tr- genuinely trying to improve... And, um, you know, taking uh, constructive criticism where it's valid, you know, as long as you're doing that, you're going to improve. And by the time, by the time Inktober ends, if you're an artist and you're, and you're doing that drawing every day, you're going to see the, a vast difference between the last drawing of Inktober and the first drawing of Inktober. In fact, and in fact, there is, there is articles that are saying that the if you do art but if you're good or not it's actually very good for your brain oh absolutely um but yeah creative activities uh artistic endeavors and um and uh music and those sort of things they activate like a lot of people use the logical side of their brain a lot more than their creative side and by exercising your creative side of the creative side of your brain you're you're improving the neural functions. I'm not exactly sure. It's I'm exercise for your this brain. Is, yeah, this is but, why music is such a big deal. Yeah, but but right. like people who develop dementia mm-hmm. or Alzheimer's, you get them involved in those creative processes th- that actually challenge their minds to, to think differently. It extends their ability to think and process and remember things like... A person who's who's got Alzheimer's, um, you you get them listening and involved in a song that they knew in their childhood, and um, I've seen videos where they just like they have that moment of clarity. You get them back into that moment that that's still with them, and they have that clarity and they remember things, and it's it's like beautiful. And and there I saw a video where there's um, it's a, uh, what's it called? Where do nuns stay, Edwin? Um, convents. Yeah, there's a convent. <laughs> yeah, ask, ask the, ask the, the, the kid who grew up Catholic, right? Yeah. Hey, I, I grew up Catholic too. But. Anyway, there's, there's a convent out there where they have a lot of aging nuns, and they have these nuns um, doing puzzles 
doing artistic endeavors and doing a lot of creative work and a lot of mental work and they as as these nuns have aged and passed away they find that a lot of a lot of these nuns um like they 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 examine their brains and they show that that brain deterioration that comes from Alzheimer's, but they never showed the symptoms because they were constantly engaged in something. Right. right. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. Mental activity so stimulates the brain. So, it's kind of like a challenge, like those exercising challenges that you see on, like, uh, Pinterest or, or, or just articles yeah. online, all those, how many squats can you do? And it's like a month-long uh, challenge. So kind of it's so Inktober is basically a challenge for your brain. Well, yeah. yeah. And what happens in November? Stays in November. NaNoWriMo. No. Oh. <laughs> Which I might actually try I'm, to keep I'm up making, with NaNoWriMo this time. Yeah. I'm making November the next Las Vegas. Let's see what happens in November stays in November. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. The, the results of Thanksgiving do not stay in November. Yeah, NaNoWriMo, I always say, oh, I want to do that, I want to do that. But I, yeah. like, run out of inspiration. I think that's the yeah. reason why I always well, that's, go Well, that's to... part of why they have the prompt list, is they, they have a yep. list of words. Oh, they like, do? A okay. one-word prompt. You can you can sometimes find it, like, I think I first saw the prompt list in August. Okay. But, yeah, every, every year they, they have a new prompt list, and you can Google it, and it'll pop up, just like here's the prompt list and you follow the prompt list each day and which is funny because you know what do you know what NaNoWriMo stands for national, national writing, writing month novel writing month national novel writing month so oh. that means you need to write a novel throughout the whole month right yeah you start a novel right. at the beginning and you try to and finish try it to by, finish the by the end of the month yeah I can't do that I can't do that I can't do that I mean, I can I try. I will make the attempt. I will fail, but I will make the I attempt. I mean, I, yeah, I can try, but ah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to read every day, and even that itself is hard because <laughs> of life. Speaking of life, here's a bad segue. You have some... here's a bad segue. Here's, here's a bad segue. <laughs> we are professional podcasters, can't you tell? <laughs> you have been. Um having fun creating an adventure i saw some pictures in your instagram okay. so so usually i use my instagram for f for food that we talk about on this podcast well uh lately we have been some doing some interesting dungeons and dragoning and there was this one there was this one mini that uh we kept on using and it's just this dude this this dude I think he's like a samurai. Um, actually, okay. he's some sort of hobgoblin. That's what Jeff was telling me. Well, uh, I'm not... Okay. Well, this was in place of a hobgoblin? Or maybe it was. Oh, it is. Yeah, it is. Um, so it was a hobgoblin, and he has a sword point... Or I think it's a sword. Sword pointing down. He has a shield on his back, and then he's just pointing. <laughs> and the first, the first time I used this mini, it was against my dragonborn paladin. And... Me, my dragonborn paladin. Whenever our pride gets hurt, oh, you're you're the first victim. So, so 
Here he is. I just took a picture of the paladin going head to head with this hobgoblin. Mr. Pointy is what I dubbed his name. <laughs> and that was when he dealt like seven points of boop damage. And I posted it on Instagram and people are kind of liking this guy. <laughs> they like boop guy slash Mr. Pointy. So yeah, so the second time, so the second time we used it, it was yeah, it was I your used campaign. <laughs> it was your campaign. He didn't last as long, so I don't. That's think... because I didn't have him doing all the damage he could have done. Thank you for Did that. Did Jeff make this? Uh, no. Or was this? No, this was something a... that he bought. That he bought. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. it would have been funny. It would have been extremely funny if he actually made it to point. <laughs> well, yeah, I posted it. Yeah, I posted it on Instagram, which posted it on my Facebook, and people that don't really understand my co-worker saw this picture and she even got what was going on with it she's like oh he's he's hurting you by pointing at you ha 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 and i'm like uh you are very cute she's my she's my co-worker uh grandma but but yeah so someone 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 said keep up the good work keep up uh keep us posted with mr boop slash mr pointy and i will i will <laughs> okay. All right. Um, that actually leads us into the topic that I want to talk about in OMG Shut Up and Listen. That is the purpose of this meeting, ladies and gentlemen, for a nationwide campaign by you to demand by law such compulsory education. Okay. So, um, if you're listening to our show, you've probably listened to a bunch of other shows and you've probably heard of podcasts that actually are live play, live play of Dungeons and Dragons. You've probably heard of them or you're listening to one or you're listening to a bazillion of them. Um, I found one a while back that I fell in love with. Um, it's called Critical Hit. I finally caught up and holy cow. Um, if you're interested in a in a in a uh, live play con uh, podcast, um, I definitely check them out. They it's a major spoilers uh, live play, yep. and it's uh, majorspoilers.com/slash/critical-hit. I think yep. Steven Schleicher's group. Yeah, uh, I love listening to them. I they're basically what keeps me sane at work <laughs> when you're not D and Ding. Yeah, like when when I have to be at work, I I listen to Critical Hit. Um, I've <laughs> I've finally caught up. How many episodes are there? Five hundred, six hundred, somewhere there. It's like five hundred thirty some odd. And, which episodes. makes it even more impressive that you actually caught up with it. And how long are these episodes? Um, that depends. I think the shortest actual episode of theirs is about half an hour. Um, and some of the episodes are almost like two hours long depending on what's going on in the right. episode but they do play th they play version 3.5 no they're, they're playing four they're playing uh the fourth edition fourth edition yeah oh i thought it was 3.5 no they're playing fourth edition okay. and they've they've stuck with fourth edition throughout because you know they've they've, they've gotten used to their characters and you know yeah it's yeah yeah the it's it's amazing, you know. You you listen to these podcasts, you're like, man, 
that sounds like such a cool adventure and and you know the players on that one are are really good with their characters and they get so immersed in in their roles while they're playing the game and it's like like do they do they do like accents or like how immersive sometimes okay one of them um voice acting do they matthew he uh he does accents for some of his characters like uh his first character in there is called Torque. And <laughs> he's, he's okay. three quarters orc. <laughs> I couldn't go into how that. I think, okay. okay. That I makes me want to make a character uh, dwarf that happens to be half dwarf, half orc, and it's called Dork. <laughs> no. no his, his, the make, a, make a mascot for this. Do his, it. His character, it. His character's full name is Halson uh Thorkelson, but it, everybody just calls him Torque. Um <laughs> Yeah, he does an accent for that. Uh they go through other like in in between seasons, they play other games and uh so they they do occasionally change the way they talk for their characters, which really, you know, helps imagine that they're a different character. Right. Um Steven Schleicher in one of the in one of their side games, it's between seasons he uses an accent for that um but yeah there there's the occasional accent that pops up and um <laughs> in one of their side games in one of their side games they were playing um a pathfinder game okay and uh both Matthew and Rodrigo were using accents and is it, it just became a game of dueling accents at one point and it's like i love this so much there's so many of those there's so many podcasts that do and a lot of like youtube channels and twitch channels oh, yeah. that do a oh, lot yes. of live streaming or live uh or or live a podcast campaign. that's just a D D right campaign yeah and what was that one that you guys were listening Critical to Role. There's Critical Role. That's Mike. That was uh, That's Matt, Matt Mercer's. Matt Mercer's. And Jeff, my husband, loves that. Um, there is one that I... What's that dark one? I couldn't get... I was just like, this is way too dark. Oh. I can't under the I cloak don't, or under I don't, the... I don't remember. It's something yeah, like... Yeah, under the cloak like or that? something like that. And there is one. There is one that I like watching that <clears throat> is sh- like short and is very good for intro players that... I would recommend. It's actually on YouTube. I forgot the name. We'll have we'll, we'll figure that out. Oh, if, you, if if you want the name of it, email us at uh, dungeondiners at yeah. gmail dot com. We'll we'll try to get that to you. Yes. Um, but yeah, there's there's D and D podcasts all over the place, um, and there's some that use other systems. Like in Critical Hit, they they're um, off season games. They use different systems, like uh, the one that. I went back and started listening to the in between season episodes. Um, I to, just today I finished listening to um, their campaign that was uh, Urban Shadows, okay. which is a powered by the apocalypse system. Um, and like I said, one of their off off season games was um, Pathfinder. They played one that I. Th- think was based on call of cthulhu Ooh. yeah i've 
yeah, they they <laughs> had to put the explicit tag on that one, but yeah. I haven't I haven't listened to that one yet. Um, I don't know. I don't. I'm not sure if I want to. I'm I'm a little scared. Well, how about this? Why don't you have Edwin listen to it first? Yeah, Edwin listen. He will have to judge. Like the, the human firewall? Yes. <laughs> You're the IT uh, guy. Yeah, okay. And her husband, so you would know. You would know if it's Angela so, safe or not. I do that and also swap spiders and bugs, too. That's great. All right. I am very appreciative of that role. I, I, I very much appreciate you fulfilling that role. Um, but yeah, uh, I know there's other D&D podcasts that are starting up. And, you know, some of them get get some really good momentum behind them. Some of them kind of fizzle out. But if you've ever wanted to learn how to play Dungeons and Dragons or any other tabletop game like the Powered by the Apocalypse system Mm -hmm. or the Pathfinder system or Fate Accelerated, you know, there's there's podcasts and uh, YouTube channels and uh, Twitch channels where they play those and... You know, it it takes a little looking to find the one that's right for you, but you know, I I would encourage you know if if you want to learn how to play, definitely go find one of those podcasts. You'll you'll learn how to play from them because they're they discuss the rules and all that when they play, and it's it's a lot of fun to listen to. Also, um, anyway, Sweet. enough of my gushing. <laughs> Let's have another awkward uh, segue for Let Me Tell You a Thing. Is that really a thing? Hey, what you mean by that, Mac? Guys. Guys. Yeah, yeah. Guys, guys. Okay, so I follow, I'm part of a couple foodie groups on Facebook, and there was one particular topic that caught my eye. Uh, can either one of you please explain to me the concept of white chocolate? deliciousness that is the concept okay because the topic the question that popped up was is white chocolate chocolate can someone uh, please up why why not it's not because chocolate what makes chocolate is the taste of chocolate but it doesn't it taste like chocolate it's, it's sweet it's cocoa butter okay that's what white chocolate is it's just cocoa butter okay can you explain to me how is that different from milk chocolate or dark chocolate? Okay, so chocolate is made out of cocoa nibs, right? And oh. cocoa butter. Okay. Right? Okay. The nibs is what makes chocolate chocolate, like the taste of chocolate, right? Uh-huh. If it's pure, you know, you see like cacao, like 70% cacao. Mm-hmm. 100% cacao and yes there's people who like just like pure chocolate with no sugar and then just like uh, you're weird bitter um <laughs> bitter yeah it's really bitter it's like it's like do you chew your Tylenol too um <laughs> um so who's the bitter one now <laughs> cocoa so the cocoa nibs right mm-hmm. and the cocoa butter right uh-huh you put those two together you get chocolate okay right Okay. So when you have just cocoa butter, right? Uh-huh. That's what makes white chocolate. Right? So 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 it's not actually the nibs. That's the, the ones that's coming out of the tree. So you're talking about like solids. 
Yeah, those are the solids. The cocoa nibs are like as solids. compared to. Yeah, you can't. It's like it's like this, right? Cheese is made out of the curd, right? Uh huh. And the waste taken out of it. Okay. Right. Okay. It's like, hey, I have this thing called whey, and it's cheese. Okay. It's like not that. cheese because it doesn't have the cheese the curds. curds in it. Yeah. So, in the sense of chocolate, right? It's still in like it's a derivative of chocolate, but it's not. It's like not actual chocolate. Chocolate. Okay. Right. In fact, was it? I think the USDA. Like the even the USDA, right? In order for it to be called white chocolate, you only have to have twenty percent of cocoa butter. Really? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> to That's... make it actually say it's white chocolate. Instead of like some kind of candy bark. Yeah. So okay. Okay. Yeah. So that's what the that's what choc like so I love it's... white chocolate. Like like I I actually prefer white chocolate. To actual, you know, like milk chocolate. Are you chocolate. saying you're a cocoa butter addict? In a sense. <laughs> but then, come on, macadamia, macadamia cookies with uh, white yeah. chocolate. Oh my gosh, I could sit there and eat that all day. And like, no, you go couldn't. Into a... I would, I would start stealing them. Well, I'll probably die. <laughs> well, I also, your wife would start stealing cookies from you. Probably. If you had enough cookies to eat them all day, your wife would be stealing cookies. Yeah. So, so if it's not chocolate, why is it called white chocolate? Because it's just a derivative of chocolate. It's just a name. It's a marketing name thing. If you were to rename white chocolate, what would you rename it? Cocoa butter. Just cocoa Sweet butter? Because that's, that's, <laughs> that's what it, what it, it is. essentially cocoa is. Butter bark? Just cocoa yeah. butter Co- and then other stuff Sweetened, too, yeah. right? Cocoa butter bark. Chocolate. I call it sweet. I would call it chocolate butter. Isn't there? I, no, I think there's an actual product out there called chocolate, chocolate butter. butter. Oh, geez. So, Where so, is that in my life? I, I don't know. Is it possible for, because I know it's a rarity and a shock that there are people out there that don't like chocolate. Yeah. Would they, in a sense, like white chocolate? Probably, because it doesn't really taste like because what it doesn't chocolate taste, tastes it's like. not yeah. really chocolate. Yeah. But yet it's sweet enough. Yeah. It has a consistency. I mean, when you have it, a, like it, white chocolate, it has a it, consistency of it like It does chocolate. have that nice texture. Yeah, that like, same like smooth texture that like what chocolate has. Because what makes the chocolate, like milk chocolate and dark chocolate, like have that texture is because of that. The butter. Yeah. <laughs> so. Are there, in, are there instances where white chocolate just can't be replaced? Is there instances where white chocolate can't because be chocolate because chocolate is just a general term? Yeah. Can you think of any like any recipe where white chocolate just can't be substituted with any other chocolate or other candy barks or or yeah? Well, I mean, if you're talking about barks, like almond bark, yeah. I mean, you can. I mean, you can use so, almond bark in replace of white chocolate. I can't think of a of a recipe at all. I mean, but, that's, it never really crossed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like what I I mean when I make like I'm gonna make 
white chocolate macadamia cookies. I'm going to use white chocolate, right? I'm going to dip, uh, you know, like breadsticks with almond bark. I'm going to use almond bark. But that that whole macadamia, macadamia nut recipe thing, I mean, you could essentially just substitute white chocolate with another chocolate, right? If you so choose to. If you choose to. Right. Yeah. I mean, I can go, you know, like, I'm going to use macadamia nuts with, with milk chocolate. Okay, that's a new thing. Oh. <laughs> you know. Oh. What about, like, there's a cookie that I had once. It was, like, lemon and white chocolate. I don't think a regular chocolate chip would work in that. Because of the lemon? Because of the lemon. I, I think, because I'm not, I'm not. Mm. Has maybe this is a question that we can open up to the audience. Too. Oh, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to hear. I'd like to hear some, some, some. You know, people listen to this podcast. What they think? Have you tried to use something else other than white chocolate or any other chocolate substitute? Either or. I mean, yeah. When I was, I mean, when I was baking, right? It was like we tried new things. Let's yeah. see. I mean, like, what is it? Like, let's put strawberries, like chocolate strawberries in a, in a cookie or in a crisp yeah. or whatever. Yeah. You know? so, 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 yeah. Email us your thoughts about the the whole white chocolate versus regular chocolate or almond bark and in, in recipes. Email yeah. us what you think about that. Um, again, dungeonpiners at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, with that, let's let's move on to talk about something we ate recently. Oh my gosh, yes, let's talk about that. But regardless of the style or type of restaurant, they all have one thing in common, and that is the serving of food. It's still fresh, but I'll take only what I need. They've got to last. Okay, our last restaurant we went to was called Crazy Cajun. That was in what, Brooklyn? Was it Brooklyn Park? I am so directionally challenged. That's it's Brooklyn Park. It was in Brooklyn Park. Brooklyn Park. Yep. Crazy Cajun. And wow. Okay, so yeah. so okay. my husband and I never tried Cajun before, so this is the first time. For, and and for personally, me. I love Cajun food. So. I wonder why, <laughs> Miss, Miss. I love spicy foods. I love spicy foods. <laughs> there this, first of all, I just want to say, there aren't that many Cajun places here in the Twin Cities. There's none. There's well, the only the other one was the other one I know of is Dixie's on Grand in St. Paul. I think there's another Grand one. Grand Avenue. Yes, but I'm not going to yeah, comp bubblegum shrimp. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, that's, that, that's not Cajun. That's not Cajun. It's also a chain, so yeah. we we couldn't review yeah. it if we wanted to. Yeah, Minnesota is not very known for the spicy. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> um, but yeah, so let's let's talk about what we saw when we went in there. It's part of a little strip mall. Yeah. So. It's got parking available. Oh, yeah. <laughs> As opposed to the other restaurant we went to. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's, it's got parking. Um, uh, so, so it's, it's got kind of your normal strip mall storefront. Yeah. And, and when you walked in, you know, I... It's I, a little confusing what it was to be. I didn't know what to expect because, again, I'm not, I'm not really sure what a Cajun restaurant should look like. But when I walked in, it mostly resembled like a sports bar. Yeah, it's it's kind of, it's like, um, part industrial, part rustic, part mm-hmm. sports bar with a touch of Asian. Yeah, there was just a hint of like red <laughs> Asian. There was, there was a little cluster Asian, of Asian decoration. We had like an right Asian, behind. we had an Asian like uh, 
Um, Which that that does kind of make sense because I think the owner is actually Asian. Yeah, I just but, like it. It's just like it's just, just a couple of was, red Asian dolls just hanging yeah. out right Our behind the and, and, a, and a lantern. Yeah. I think there was a lantern. And a lantern. Yeah. yeah, I was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> Although you know what, I do appreciate that in terms of like of like atmosphere in terms of like restaurants. You know, they're not trying to be like, over the top. One thing over the top. One thing they're not trying to overdo it. You know, yeah, like, right. I, you know what I mean? It's like this is what we like. This is what we want to be. And you know, I like sports. I'm going to show my thing. I'm not going to like. I'm going to show this. We're going to be for the Bayou and like have like alligator heads everywhere. You know, it's not like, yeah. <laughs> they they did have some trophy fish, but not a whole yeah. lot. Right. Um. And it seemed to me like you know it is a fairly new place. I think. I think so. And, really. And it it looks to me like they're still kind of building up their memorabilia and mm-hmm. and uh, decoration collection. Yeah. When we visited there, it wasn't packed. Yeah. It it should have been. It deserves it to be. <laughs> it does. It does. Yeah. It's really good. Um. So. Yeah, so and they they've got some booths and they've got some kind of. Tables with benches. Yeah, it's kind of like a picnic um, table. Yeah, thing. my complaint about that: <laughs> the benches are really tall. I could not <laughs> touch the floor. Like my toes were not even brushing the floor. You know, I kind of. I mean, I really like that the benches and the, the picnic tables because it you... reminded me of like what I see with it, like a crawfish boil. Yeah, and you know okay, what I mean. Yeah, yeah. it makes yeah, it real that. easy, like. To cram more people yeah, at one table. It's very family and, friendly. That and way. and to sit closer together because you'll, if if you're sharing a boil, a crawfish boil or lobster boil or crab those boil, those are big. Yeah, big. if if you're if you're sharing one of those, you're gonna want to sit close so you can all get into the same plate. Which yo. Know, yeah, I did. I did see a couple of people did order the boil, and they had like a little bib. Oh yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, that's adorable. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, some of the tables, you just see some of the tables over there, like the picnic tables, they actually had the middle basket thing where you could like throw your scraps and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Yep. I think I think that's necessary for Very. any uh shelled yeah. Oh, yeah. So all right, let's let's talk about what we got. Uh, okay, what did we order? <laughs> uh Edwin, you got the seafood gumbo. I oh, took yeah. good notes. Yay! You, you so got how this... was it? It was excellent. It's everything that a, a a gumbo should be. And I've tasted gumbo where they were trying to do something... Fancy. Fancy about it. The thing about Crazy Cajun that I really appreciate is that they're not trying to do... Like over the top stuff. Over, like we're not gonna try. It's like this is a Cajun Asian fusion thing. Like they made it like, like pretty you know pretty um, standard. Yeah, standard. Well, well, I wouldn't say standard because it was no, but it's not like standard. Like, but it's more like it's it's, it's, it's true. genuine. It's, it's genuine and true. Right. right. You know, yeah. like it had That's... like all the it had the it had the Trinity in there, right? It's got the carrots, the celery, right, and the onions. Yeah, and it had the spices in there. It even had the okra in there, okra. right? Which is not a common vegetable no. in Minnesota. No, no. But it is, it is prevalent. <laughs> I mean, you a lot of people who 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 are who are into Cajun food. You know, a gumbo isn't a gumbo without the okra. Mm. You know, <laughs> and they had it in there. So yeah. It's, 
Yeah. And it had a had a little bit of kick, right? Yeah, which is which is what you would expect. Right. Yeah, it it, it was very hearty. So yeah, yes. that, it was good. Yes. And Pam, you had the crawfish etouffee. Thank you for saying that and not me. <laughs> but yes. Oh, okay. So I'm not not familiar with crawfish, but it it I was able to taste it. <laughs> She's so happy she was able to taste the seafood in there. The last there was a seafood that we went to and that was very disappointing and we didn't taste any seafood. However, this <laughs> this place you could taste it. Definitely. The yeah. crawfish was it it was a beautiful pink and it was it was chewy. I'm not I'm not I'm not familiar with crawfish, but I found it chewy and delicious. I mean um spicy wise, it has a bite. I'm not I'm not an Angela thing. Um, <laughs> I, I can handle a little bit of spice, and I can say that this was the right amount of bite to it, spicy-wise. It was very thick and rich, hearty and flavorful. Um, you had a lot of things to say while we were there. <laughs> oh, yeah, and, and I just I just like that it had rice in it. <laughs> That's my personal thing. I, I like rice, so I was happy that there was rice in it. I didn't know what, what the, that... that it, I did not know what it consisted of, so I'm like, yay, it has rice. I'm happy. It it reminds me of something that Pam and I are very familiar with. Filipinos, listen up. Yeah. Right? It was a Pam. It was a I think we we said that it was oh, it was a combination of arroz caldo and chowder. Yeah. And I think I couldn't sum it up any better than that. Yeah. It's, it's, like, it's, it's like the thing that my parents used to make, my mom used to make, actually my dad used to make um, when I was sick. And yeah, it was the arescaldo, you know, because it was like our version of like a chicken, like a like rice chicken stew. soup. Yeah, <laughs> chicken rice, rice stew. And... I was, you know, it was just one of those things that just kind of reminded me of that. Yeah. <laughs> Although this, I don't think you would you would eat when you were sick. No, 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 no. You, Not with the spiciness? You'd have heartburn pretty. pretty yes, <laughs> but it is very good. Yeah. I, I enjoy it. All right. Um, then you and Jeff also ordered some frog legs. Yeah, so we didn't, we, yeah, this is the first time we tried frog legs. And... One of no, when we were when they were ordering it, um, I I was pointing out that a lot of places, the frog legs tend to be greasy yeah. and the frog tastes a little swampy. And we never we never tasted any swamp swamp Mm-mm. in this. Uh, I think a lot of it had to do with their batter that they yep. used, um, which I think had a hint of paprika. Yeah, it definitely had a hint of something. It had a hint yeah. of something because we ate it. We ate it alone and it had a kick to it. And then we dipped it in another sauce, which added on to that kick. To yeah. It. And I was like, wow. And I was surprised that, you know, frog legs kind of tasted like chicken. I hate that <laughs> saying, but it did kind of taste like chicken. The only difference is that it's it was awfully bony. There was oh, yeah. yeah which right. Is, which mean, is, which is than... expect, expected, but... Yeah, I didn't find it too greasy. Yeah, um, yeah it it I I had a little nibble of one and it it was the breading on it was 
really nice and crunchy. It's, and yeah, it's, yeah, definite, it's not it's, at all not at all greasy. It's definitely a different batter from what you would expect yeah. from other places. I think deep fried and deep fried and battered battered and deep fried made it took away that swampiness. Right. You know, and the gaminess. Yeah. Because I've tasted I've tasted frog legs like just straight up frog legs that just been um, like either roasted or or just deep fried without any batter. Mm. It's a different taste. Right. Yeah, and like so. <laughs> yeah, like I said, a lot of places frog legs tend to be swampy and yeah, there mm-hmm. was no right. swampiness to this and it was it was cooked perfectly. It, yeah, it yeah. was really good. Um uh, then let's see. The appetizer that I particularly wanted was Cajun Gator. I love alligator <laughs> meat. <laughs> Angela was so excited that we didn't have to go to the state fair anymore and pay twice the amount. And it's very close to home, too. And it's very close to home. So. I was so excited to get so, Gator. I love so eating Edwin, Gator. So, Edwin, if you can't find Angela here, try, try Crazy Kitchen. We were supposed to have dinner. Where is she? I'm chowing down on some Gator. Well, yeah, the the breading on this one, it was, it was spicy. It was, it was crunchy. Um, it it also had the spicy sauce, like the... Like the frog legs did, yep. and it was really, really tasty, and you know, just the perfect amount of chewiness. Right. It's yeah. The, yeah. So I, I was thrilled, just absolutely thrilled. That, I, was, I was a very happy camper. It was a lot of firsts for me and my husband, and we also tried the gator too. Yeah. And again, it was chewier than usual, but it was. I liked it. Yeah. It. Yeah, and, and like my niece, like my niece and nephew said, it's like tastes like chicken. Alligator meat does taste like chicken. It's just a little chewier than chicken, mm-hmm. right? And it does have a little different texture. But man, it's so tasty. I love it. And again, no no swampy flavor at all. Yeah, it was just a whole lot of deliciousness. So whatever they're doing, <laughs> they're doing it right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and then let's see. Jeff ordered. The Dunn's Po' Boy. Dunn's special Po' Boy. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. If you plan on going here for a sandwich and you aren't really keen on the spicy side of things, I would suggest trying their uh, Po' Boy uh, sandwiches. And be prepared to share. It's an awfully big sandwich. Well, this huge. one was a this one's a huge sandwich. The Dunn's Po' Boy, right? It, it was huge yeah. and overstuffed. It was overstuffed. Uh, so you need your fork and knife. Yeah. Uh, the bread was chewy, but still really good. The filling is nice and crispy. It falls apart easily. Um, but yeah, I, I would say uh, bring a friend and then <laughs> split this because we we uh, he could only eat half yeah. of it. We did take it home and we tried to reheat it. Don't, don't. It, it didn't do so good. It didn't, it didn't do, do so, so good. good. No, because <laughs> there was like lettuce and stuff on there too, wasn't there? Well, no, I I skipped the lettuce and okay. I went for the meat, and the meat was like, Ugh. oh, so it doesn't do good as leftovers. No, I wouldn't. So just make sure that bring a friend if you want their their pumpkin sandwich sandwiches. Yeah. Um. And then I got the catfish fillet basket, the two piece. Um. <laughs> Which was huge still. It they they offer a two piece and a four piece and it was still huge. <laughs> um, the catfish, the catfish um didn't have a whole lot of spice like hardly any, mm. which you know that's it was nice and uh, 
the breading was was actually pretty thin but still really crispy which was good um the fish was nice and delicate and flaky and juicy it was amazing like and and catfish is another one of those where if it's not cooked right it can taste swampy Mm. no swampy no no swamp to this fish it was really good um and it came with hush puppies uh your classic hush puppies they were very tasty they were crunchy on the outside and nice and moist on the inside and you know basic fries they kept their fries really basic Mm because you know they want their signature stuff to shine and you know Fries are just kind of, anybody can do fries. Right. <laughs> it's a filler. It's basically what yeah, it is. It's right. a filler. Right. Yeah, something to go on the side and something to munch while you're talking. Yeah. You know, that's basically were there any? Were there any sauces that were served? That um, I don't think there were. Did we? It, my catfish came with kind of a basic tartar sauce. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I ended up dipping it in the sauce for the alligator, too. Because you want, you want a, a I, kick. I, I like a kick. You like the kick. But you know, even though the the sauce for the alligator wasn't meant for the catfish, it still went really, really well with it. Okay. Like that that spicy sauce, I think could go with just about anything. <laughs> and okay, um, the notes we made for our conclusion while we were there: uh, go hungry. Food is very filling. <laughs> We were we were very full when we left, and we had leftovers. I was in a food coma right yeah. afterwards. Yeah, I passed out. <laughs> now, my my catfish, we ate the next day, and we stuck that in the oven. That I think probably handled that better than your sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and and the prices were really pretty reasonable for what it was. Oh yeah, they were. Yeah, and the surface was friendly and quick. But yeah, it it was. One thing I have to say about the prices, uh-huh. a lot some of the stuff there is market priced. Yeah, yeah. So especially yeah. the seafood the boils. boils. Yeah, seafood boils are market price, so they fluctuate depending yeah. on what year you go. I mean, what depending on what time of the year you go. Right. So and, and be prepared what's, for and that. what's more readily available. Exactly. Because like, it may be it may be shrimp season, but it could just be that the the shrimp fishers had a particularly bad day and then that would raise the market price of it right yeah. so right. yeah if if you're wanting to go for a seafood boil definitely you know you could probably call ahead and ask them what their market prices are mm-hmm. or you know ask what they are while you're there and you know but definitely it's a good idea to call ahead just so you yeah. just so you're not surprised right. all right and then let's see when we discussed what the roles were let's see I I decided it would have been an an eighteen on the dice. Okay. Um, Edwin, you said it would have been a seventeen for you because you were too full to give it an eighteen, and then you later <laughs> were like, "Yeah, let's give it an 18. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then Pam, you and Jeff both said that it it would have rolled a seventeen for both of you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, as the first a first time. Cajun trier, I I would do a seventeen because really there's nothing for either of us to really compare to. Yeah. I think the but it, um, it was still good. Yeah, it, it I was mean, really good. <laughs> I think the only other place I would probably 
if you want to if you want to compare it to something else in terms of like a Cajun restaurant, right? I would go to Dixie's on Grand because they're the only other one that I know does a pretty good job when it comes to like Creole and Cajun cooking. Okay. So they're a little bit more pricier though. Right. But it's something to if you want to try something else. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, next up we have the adventures of a D and D character. Wait, wait, well, what? Do you want to roll for? Oh, oh yes, we need to roll for a dinner check. We are professional podcasters. (laughs) Totally professional. (laughs) Come on, season eight, right? Uh, Oh, (laughs) it's my turn. Yeah, go ahead. Whoa. Okay. (laughs) Gotta pass the dice. Dishing up the dice. I'm rolling for it. Seven. Oh, 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 what's seven on the list? What's seven on the list? Hoagies. Hoagies. Oh, wow. Kafkin's classic. I have no clue <laughs> what that is. Hoagies is... The Hopkins um, classic. Yeah, it's, it's, okay, kind of Ameri- it's kind of an Americana diner. Yeah. It's only open for breakfast and lunch. Okay. And but it's it. like classic diner fare. And they do a really good job of it, I think. Okay. They've been there ever since. I I mean, I grew up in Hopkins, and they've been there in that same corner of Main Street ever since I, I can't, I mean, since I was a kid. And they've been serving up pretty much breakfast and lunch, and that's it. And right. it's, it's so mom and pop that they don't even accept credit cards there. So bring cash. Yeah. Yeah, bring cash. If if that's changed, we'll let you know. Yeah, if that's we'll changed. Know, but yeah, yeah, we will let you know. Last time we were there, it, it's it's been a little while, been but while. last time last time we were there, they only Yay, took cash. Another still, first time for me. <laughs> I still I still remember having to like actually like uh, leave you for a bit to go get cash because they didn't even have a cash machine there. Yeah. <laughs> and I had to go to the bank to get cash and come back to <laughs> yeah. pay for to pay for breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah oops (laughs) all right so okay now on to adventures of a dnd character now we present the hilarious story of their further adventures okay now this is this story is going back to the group that has uh pepper and balnor and well his the character is Kenko now, not to be confused with Kenku, which is a bird race. <laughs> this is Kenko, who is a fox shifter rogue. Um, anyway, so this group, well, they had they had a uh, request proposed to them. They'd heard of a town where cultists had taken over, and they feared that. The plan was dire. It was, the no good could come of it. So that we were, we were requested, Pepper and Balnor, and Kenko, to go to this town and uh, see what we could find out. Okay. And we were accompanied by Bilbo, the uh, <laughs> gnome paladin. How original! <laughs> hey, gnome. He's a gnome. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So we were accompanied by by the oh Balnor wasn't even on that one. It was Pepper and Kenko, and 
Bilbo. Well, they went to this town, and fortunately for them, they had encountered one of the cultists previously, and so they learned oh. they learned the password to get in because they had befriended this cultist and convinced them that uh. they were going to try to get into the cult. They wanted to be part of it because it was so amazing. Speak friend. I roll. <laughs> um, well, they made it there, and they were able to... They were able to disguise themselves as initiates. Initiates. There we go. <laughs> One was dressed as a wealthy fellow. Another disguised as their personal bodyguard. And Pepper was basically disguised as a greasy hobo <laughs> <laughs> to be their guide to the town. You know, anything for a dime. Well, they got in. They gave the password. And they were accepted. Yay! And you know, they they were brought in to to the initiative in, initiates. Initiates. <laughs> I can say the word. I promise. You're not rolling for initiative. <laughs> initiates. <We're not? laughs> anyway, they they were brought in for kind of a welcome to the cult ceremony. And. Uh, well, Kenko and Bilbo had eaten some funny berries before that, so there there was this cup, and Pepper wasn't too sure about it, so she pretended to drink it, and you know, kind of a raised eyebrow, but nobody said anything. The other two, well, yeah, one of one of them had managed to find a hiding spot in the back, and the other, well. He just drank it right down, like, mm. <laughs> okay. Well, they went, they went their ways to kind of investigate the town, and Balnor and Silriel, the elf cleric, had caught up with them. So they're talking, but Bilbo was nowhere to be found. Uh oh. Well, after some further investigating, they found out that an outsider had been captured and was going to be sacrificed to their their uh, deity. Uh oh. Kenko went to uh, see if he couldn't find it or find where this person was being kept and went into a basement. It was this long, dark corridor. Very long. Just outside of their dark vision. And they found... Food supplies. They found the high priest. Had a little funny conversation there. And found Bilbo. Magically chained to a wall. No, there was no way to get Bilbo free at that time. So they turned around. They decided not to investigate further. And turned around to go find the others. Well, the sacrifice was, was set to happen at midnight. So... A plan was hatched. A very, a very risky plan. They would go and rescue Bilbo. Ken Kenko and Pepper were going to go down there. Kenko had to be the guide because he could see, and Pepper had the magic spells to just, you know, break open the magic right. cuffs. So they managed to sneak their way down there, disguised as cultists, to prepare the sacrifice. A minor, a minor illusion and a dispel magic later, and Bilbo was free, 
and the the actual cultists were convinced that the minor illusion was the actual sacrifice. Pepper kept recasting that spell to keep it to keep their deception undiscovered, and they brought them up. And the ceremony goes as planned until the high priest raises his knife and stabs it into the illusion where naturally there was actually nothing. A big old brouhaha breaks out. Kenko was nearly sacrificed in Bilbo's place, but was ultimately freed. And then the high priest, demanding that there would be a sacrifice, insisting that there needed to be a sacrifice, killed himself so that his blood would run down to feed their deity. Oh my. Kenko tried to stop it, but there was no stopping the flow. And so our adventurers ran, knowing that this deity was supposed to wake up and eat everything in sight. Well, it woke up. And it was angry. And it had apparently been hiding down that corridor oh, <laughs> where Kenko <great>. hadn't <laughs> explored. And if we had gone in there just a little further, we would have found it sleeping. And we could have killed it before we had to fight it. And now we are doomed to fight it. Oh no, what have we done? Dun, dun, it's, dun. it's an aboleth. And yeah, an aboleth. Not actual deity. It's an aboleth, which Not is a monster. But yeah. these cultists are worshipping the it's thing. It's a fish, so. fishy monster that sort of kind of looks like Cthulhu, but... Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so we have locked ourselves into a boss fight that didn't need to happen. Yeah, pretty much. Oops. 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 <laughs> yeah, we woke a sleeping thing that should not have been woken up. Uh. Oops. <laughs> okay. Now, um, normally we would uh, say goodbye and have a little bit of you know, a game or something. Uh, but this time around, we actually got an email question. It's an email. Our first email. The mailman is friendly and helpful. Almost everybody likes him, for almost everybody likes to get mail. Where did you oh, even God. find that? <laughs> I have my sources. So this is our first email. Yay! Yay! Someone's listening. Thank you. Yeah. Someone's we, listening. We know exactly who it is. We know is. exactly who this is. But, but we'll still, read, uh, we'll read still it counts. as written. <laughs> yes. So I have it here. And it says, this is from Fan Mail. Um, yeah, okay. So it says, Pam, Edwin, and Angela. I have been getting through, caught up on your episodes recently. I am really enjoying the podcast. Hey. Thank you. <laughs> Curious what you think. When I go to the movies or Redbox or anywhere with tons of movies, all I am surprised by the number. Okay, all right, that was bad writing. Okay, when I go to the movie, <laughs> when I go to the movies or Redbox or anywhere with tons of movies, I am surprised by the number of comic book movies. Like there are a ton. Do you all think there are too many? If so, which comic book movies do you keep? Which ones do you get rid of? By the way, Princess Bride is the best. What's Labyrinth anyway? Just kidding, I know. <laughs> You're truly Naitu Saini. 
Well, thank you, Knights of Satan. <laughs> Good Sir Knight. <laughs> Good Sir Knight. Yes. Who happens to share a very similar name. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so, okay. So okay. the first question Wait, is... First, first off, first off, to me, there can never be enough superheroes because I am a superhero geek. I love comic books. Love them. Can never have enough. Okay. But... With that said... With that said... There are some superhero movies that I think the world could do without. Um, for me, Fantastic Four. I, gosh, they just. From what I understand, once the once Marvel franchise got bought out, the makers of that film like gave up halfway and decided to make it flop, and it flopped. And I've it, never seen it, so I can't. Judge I can't. It. I can't. I can't say it either. Yeah, it's probably because you know nobody. the The trailers weren't that great. Um, the reviews were very um, lukewarm at best. Right. Yeah, it's just. Yeah, it. I'm just curious because it, it it really ruined the whole view of of Fantastic Four, and it's going to take a a really excellent movie to get people to go back to fantastic four because they they deserve better that comic deserves better right um well i just want to see something here um this was a 2005 movie right i think so yeah okay so like like i think the fantastic four comic books Ooh, like, that's bad it, i'm just looking at rotten tomatoes right now <laughs> That's pretty bad. Yeah, it gives twenty seven on Rotten twenty seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, like like it was it was so bad. Like um, after the movie came out, sales on the Fantastic Four comic books just like tanked. Yeah, audience score was forty five percent. Wow, that's pretty yeah, bad. It, it yeah. So <laughs> I I bad. think if if that movie ceased to exist and nobody remembered it anymore, I think the world would be better for it. I think the Fantastic Four would be better for it, so there would be a chance for a movie to get done for them and actually right. get people liking the Fantastic Four again. Ooh. Pam, what about you? <laughs> um, well, to answer the first question, is there is there too many? For me, there's none. There's not. There's no such thing as too many. I, I agree with Angela with that part, but I can agree to a point where for those that aren't uh, fans of just comics in general, yeah, it's kind of a flooded. It's kind of flooding the the movie industry right now, and it. I don't know. It's the whole idea of having a superhero movie is kind of. It's kind of becoming dull. Like oh, it's another superhero it, movie. Ooh. It's yeah. At, it's at no this longer point, novel. Yeah, at this point, it's got to be really something special if it's going to make any kind of waves. So I can understand if you know how it can be overwhelming at times. Um, for the movies that you can probably skip, um, I, I watch both Marvel and DC. Uh, I think for Marvel. It's the X-Men franchise, which is quite, for me, 
surprising because my favorite my favorite uh superhero is an x-men mutant she's unknown but uh it's just that whole x-men franchise both the first three and then the newer ones that really hugh jackman is what made that whole franchise send your comments to dungeon diners at gmail.com and of of course you know uh sir oh sir patrick stewart yeah yeah Yeah, xavier yeah, Xavier. I think he was a good Xavier. Yeah, yeah. And, and and Magneto, who is also Gandalf, but sh- nobody knows that. <laughs> I know your favorite character didn't even make an appearance. My favorite X Men made an appearance briefly For in this. Briefly. Mine, mine did. Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler was so mistreated. I was so upset that they didn't. He has such a fantastic storyline, and he was only in one of the movies, and then he just kind of dropped out of oh, existence. I thought your favorite character was Gambit. That's Emily's. That's my sister's favorite character. Oh, <laughs> wrong one. Oops. Oh, Edwin. Oops. Oh, words. Well, even well. Okay, so Psylocke is mine, and she was covered briefly um, in the uh, the Apocalypse one. I forgot what it it, it was the aesthetic look of it they pretty much nailed it but everything else it only scratched the surface of Psylocke um so in my opinion those X-Men movies do not really do the comics it's justice if you want to watch something X-Men related stick to the TV sh- cartoon 90s the one with the cool theme song wow Okay, and then so so that's my Marvel picks, and then for DC, uh, uh, DC, the only decent DC movie that you would probably would watch would be Wonder Woman, in my opinion. Aquaman was all right; it wasn't really as gripping as Wonder Woman. I haven't seen both of them. Do not see Batman versus Superman. It just kills your brain cells. That needs to go away. I, I'm just watching it, and there was nothing gripping about it. And it's just... It's just like, we're going to and fight then, and fight. Wait a I minute. don't know why we're fighting, but wait, we are fighting. And then all of a sudden... Your mom's name is Martha? <laughs> exactly. So, and then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, we're friends all of a sudden. And I'm like, what is going on? And so finally, I don't think... I don't... Yeah, I just... Don't watch it. That Those are my movies that I would ask. Edwin, how about you? Okay, first, the first question. <clears throat> well, yeah, I think it's I think it's pretty flooded, and there's I think there's too many. You're entitled because to that opinion. I am because here's the thing: I, what is a superhero movie? Good guy versus bad guy, right? I think, I okay, think yeah. Unbreakable pretty much summed up what a superhero movie is person with the power is mm. going yeah. after a person who has like another power or an they... ability or or some or an entire like um entire organization around him well how does mr glass explain like two people on the opposite ends of the same spectrum yeah most of the time they're friends mm-hmm. but they become enemies i haven't seen glass so don't don't spoil it i haven't yeah. seen glass either but okay. i love right. unbreakable yeah unbreakable but, anyways, is good. but that's like 
there's to me in terms of a superhero movie, you know, it really has to be something intriguing for that to there's there's to stand out to stand out. Yeah. And there's a lot of superhero movies that just does not stand out. You know, MCU probably is the closest that stood out because it was playing around with the storyline. Although I do have problems of watching half a movie sometimes or <laughs> or one tenth of a movie. Um, but see, they they're basically it's it's basically like a, for for me the MCU is like a series of books. Each book, yeah. like each book progresses in its own way. Like you know, the Harry Potter series. Yeah. Like you know, you've got this this story arc. It's a complete story arc. Then you got this one, and it's a complete story arc, but it ties into the other ones, and they all kind of tie into each other, but they are their own story arcs. Yeah, but I think the reason why there's so many of them, and I think there's too many of them, because it does sell, in terms of uh, like oh yeah, the- like um like movies. Mm-hmm. Every you know theaters know, you know movie productions know, if you're gonna make a superhero, especially if it's Marvel, it's gonna sell, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's like it's it's almost a given. So, to me, like, what was it? Like, even, like, uh, Martin Scorsese is having a little riff tiff about, like, superhero movies and cinema. Remember that? It just happened last week. Right? To me, I think it is cinema. But it's, like, it's not as, like, you know, it's not, like, compelling and, you know, like, like, intriguing and stuff like that. But, like, people, in terms of, like, the critics would say as... As like something like new. I mean, if you want to see that kind of cinema, you know, you're gonna go to like to Sundance. You're gonna go to see those kind yeah, of movies, you right? Know? You're not gonna go see a, a superhero movie. Yeah, but, but the the ones that I think are are really good are the ones where the characters are conflicted. But I'll I'll let you get back to yeah. your point of which which movies you'd want to do away with. Oh yeah, uh, what I want to do away with is Batman versus Superman because that thing was just I don't. <sighs> Yeah, it's it, it's it's not good. Um, I'm wiping that movie away from my brain right now, so it's just. Yeah. I've what? never seen what the, movie? I've never seen the Fantastic Four, or yeah, Fantastic, Fantastic Four. Four. Yeah. I haven't seen that. I've never seen Wonder Woman. I've never seen Aquaman. Even though they're readily readily available on on HBO, go right now. Wonder um, Woman received rave rave reviews, by oh, the yeah. way. Yeah. Um. In terms of like what I would do away with, and I know I'm gonna get so much heat for this. Uh oh. I'm gonna get so much heat for this. What? Say it. Spider-Man: Homecoming can go away. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. I'm backing up now. <laughs> I told you I'm gonna get a lot of heat for this. You and I are gonna have words, Mister. For those that well, don't know, ex- Spider-Man is Angela's favorite. Yeah, absolute but favorite superhero. Here's the thing: not all, sp- just that movie. You're still gonna get heat, but okay. Okay, just that movie. Even though I like Michael, I shall Keaton. devour your soul. Even though I like Michael Keaton, but I like Michael Keaton, Keaton as Wait, Batman. Michael- oh, okay. Okay, and I'm talking about the Danny Elfman, Tim Burton, yeah, Batman. That's still my favorite superhero movie. And I shall still devour your soul. Okay, Dope. the only reason why I didn't, I don't, I didn't like, and I kind of just, I couldn't really stand Spider-Man: Homecoming. And people already told me this is that 
well, that was like the closest, like, you know, Spider-Man in the comic books, you know, in terms of like attitude and, and motivation and, um, you know, and background. Fine. That's great. But I've never really read the Spider-Man comic books, right? I take it as what I see on the screen. And I just saw a whiny kid. He's not a whiny kid. He's a geek. For those of you that are listening, Angela has a vein popping out of her (laughs) head right now. And Edwin is sweating from his armpits right now. And here I am. He is feeling very fortunate. He's on the opposite side of the studio. And right now, here I am in between these two. And in my head, I am eating popcorn, enjoying every moment of it. Carry on. But that's my opinion, though. You know, you know how picky I am with movies. First you, of all, you are picky with movies. Edwin is picky, picky with his movies. Picky with movies, right? Hell, he didn't. He so. doesn't like Labyrinth. Yeah. <laughs> I shall so devour like your the... soul. I know oh. where you sleep. <laughs> I think I think I think we're killing Edwin. <laughs> Anyways. Anyway. That's yeah. That's my that's my opinion. Here I was expecting you to say the third Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movie. I haven't seen it. You haven't seen it. Whoa! And another vein just popped up. I've seen the first Tobey Maguire movie, <laughs> second Tobey Maguire movie. Fine, you know. And by the way, speaking of superhero movies, can we do away with origin stories? The Spider-Man origin it, stories. The Batman origin story. <laughs> it depends. Oh my gosh. If I ever see another like Spider-Man origin stories. What if it's a superhero <laughs> that you completely do not know about? Now, Would you be okay with an origin story then? No, see, here, like, they kind of took that to a new level with Spider-Man Homecoming. Holy cow, so underrated. If you haven't seen it, you need to see it because it's like... <laughs> Uh, amazing i'm okay. coming from kind a of, casual comic book fan it is amazing even edwin liked it he had no complaints about it but that was which one home or not homecoming but um, far from home in, into the spider verse oh yeah that's so in, good into the i spider- liked Sorry. that movie I, I was so stuck on edwin doesn't like homecoming what no into the spider verse <laughs> you had no complaints about into the spider verse no, i like that movie yeah because it's not like i don't and, like i don't like every spider-man you know like spider-man movie out there Spider, in fact, I'll tell you this. Next to Batman, the original, you know, the the Tim Burton Batman, Spider Man into, into the, the Spider Verse is actually up one of there. the best. Yeah, it's, it's one of my favorite it's, superhero movies. It's animated, but it is not your typical animation oh, yeah. style. That was really and has cool music too. Yeah. I really and, like the soundtrack. And it did a lot of interesting new things that you don't normally see in movies, and it was just fantastic. And it in it introduced uh, Miles Morales to to cinema, and yeah. you know, is one of the fun things is like it 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 has this repeating kind of theme that happens kind of almost like a running gag. Like, let's take this back to the beginning one last time. They made fun of themselves. They yeah they with the whole Spider Man, and I appreciate that because they're pretty much make. Like saying, yeah, we get it. We're doing this a ton of times. You don't need to see, you know, Uncle Ben, you know, getting killed for like the 15th time. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's... I appreciate that. 
Yeah, so that's the only origin story that you will accept. Pretty much. Because it's Miles' origin story, not Peter yeah. Parker's. But it's the same thing with me with Batman. How many times can, can, can Batman's parents die in the alleyway, you know? Yeah, it, a lot of times. But it's yeah. What I what I would like to see if anybody ever revamps the Spider-Man franchise again because it's been revamped so many times. I love every version of it, but so if they ever re- revamp it again, what I would like to see them do is not go back to the origin because everybody knows the origin. You know, I I'd like to see a kind of like a mature Peter Parker you know, going about his business with little snapshots of, you know, him remembering how he started developing his powers and all that. Just kind of get that established, kind of, you know, flashback scenes rather than going all the way back to the beginning and every kind of progression because everybody knows Peter Parker's origin as Spider-Man at this point. That's why That's why I really appreciated, um, um, oh, what's his face, um, Miles Morales? No, the Dark Knight, or no, the 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 Batman. Christian Bale. The Christian Bale Batman. Uh-huh. Okay. Because we never really knew where Batman got. I mean, we saw you know like like the Tim Burton one. You know, it went yeah. from you know like when he was a kid to when he became Batman. We didn't really know where that where he got like all the you know all the fighting yeah, you, techniques. Yeah, you enjoyed and stuff seeing like that. the trainings and stuff. And the training was like that because it's like oh. Okay, so he spent some time in Tibet or whatever in Nepal and, you know, joined the monastery for a bit. You know, mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. I'm really yeah. interested in that. If you're going to do an origin story again, please make it really, really intriguing. Yeah, that just rehash it. Yeah. Or I think, I think it would be awesome to have an unknown superhero. Yeah. We, oh, yeah. We could use new ideas. Yeah. Yeah, new new ideas going out would be fantastic because you know the Incredibles are out there, and that was a new idea of like, what if the world was flooded with superheroes and just yeah. you know, kind of what the world would look like, especially if if a superhero got sued, right, for a botched rescue. Uh, but like new systems for superheroes, like new groups of superheroes, we could use that. In, in, out there in the world like if you're gonna create keep creating superhero movies let's get new ideas like yeah. big hero six that was a new idea that was a new idea that was a good movie i too. think yeah. i honestly think that if you want to watch a non-superhero superhero show the boys on amazon i just finished it that is an interesting take on it it's not yeah. It's not Angela safe though, yeah. but oh. it is definitely different. And, and I'm back, have to, turn back that one to one one last quick thing about um, Into the Spider Verse. One of the things I particularly liked was the characters were conflicted. All like, of them. All of them. Like Miles Morales was conflicted because like here he's got these powers. Like I don't know what to do with him. I I'm scared. I've got these powers. I don't know what to do. So he was going to teach me, but now I don't have a teacher. And like he right. he was scared. He didn't want the. He didn't want it. You know, but it's like I could do something with this. What I don't know what to do with this. And and then um, a prowler. I th- I think that's the name of him. I don't remember. <laughs> anyway, the the main bad guy. Well, the not the main bad guy because you know main bad guy was the main bad guy. But kind of the secondary bad guy. Um, he was conflicted because he 
he wanted to do what was best for you know his his family but he was going about it the wrong way and and he found out that what he was doing was hurting his family he was he was a conflicted character i love it when characters are conflicted so that's that's all i'm all i'm gonna say anymore <laughs> ah. all right so there's our We're answer way too long now yeah, sorry um, i got geeking out i'm sorry yeah. well if you wanna if you wanna uh, chime in on this or do you want to give me hate mail it's fine. Um, <laughs> or any of us really any of us um, uh, it's dungeon, dungeon <laughs> diners at gmail.com please be nice dungeon diners no spaces at gmail.com at gmail.com otherwise if you want to follow us on twitter um i am uh at pleasant doom <laughs> i'm also on twitter i'm panda cat dragon one um i also have an instagram account also under pa- panda cat dragon and you can find me at t cities edwin yay He's he got at it. t cities edwin on twitter <laughs> or, or you can uh, follow our facebook page uh we are listed as uh legend creators studio mm-hmm. on legend facebook studios uh, yeah, you can find our news there and send us messages and give us comments. We'd love to hear them. We'd love to hear comments. Anyway, thanks for joining us again. This is Dungeons, Dinings, and Dorks. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.